Hello, and welcome to the New York Rangers podcast in partnership with Inside the Rink. I'm your host, Jacob Berkowitz, and in episode four, we're going to have our first ever interview with Ava. Some of you may know her as the Chuba Girl on Twitter. Um, if you don't know, she is a writer for Inside the Rink, a New York Rangers writer. Unfortunately, Shragi will not be with us for that part because he is not feeling well. He will be with us in the next the second part of the episode. With Ava, we're going to be talking about Truba, his reemergence uh, offensively, and you know his growth as, as a New York Ranger. And with Shragi, we're going to answer the Q&A as well as a preview for the next coming games. Hopefully they will be played. All right, let's get to it. We're with Ava, as you know. Uh, she's a major fan if you follow her on Twitter, a major fan of Truba. And uh, obviously, we're going to talk about now Jacob Truba's emergence this year. And, you know, he doesn't deserve the hate that he, you know, is getting. Um, Ava, what do you see, obviously, this year uh, with his offense emerging? Like, obviously, the year before, his defense came in. He was a shutdown defenseman. He's the type of guy you want against your opposing team stars. Like, he's that shutdown guy you want in your playoffs or on a contending team. The year before, obviously, he was shaky. But what, what do you see, like, based on the steps, like the first year, second year, third year? I mean, he seems to be getting way more confident. I remember, uh, you know, I don't know if it was the exit interview, but Ryan Lindgren had said in an interview that Truba was really reserved his first year here. And, you know, that's to be expected going from a kind of a smaller organization in Winnipeg to, you know, the Big Apple and playing at MSG for half the year. But I think, you know, just the changes with the coaching staff, he's said himself that this year specifically, it everyone just feels more together and it just – there are guys, people are happy to come to the rink and they're happy to be at practice and it's less stress and less weight on the shoulders. And I also think he's kind of taken a step in the leadership direction. You know, there were talks about him becoming captain. It was a huge thing. And I just think that giving him the leadership role and then adding his physicality to it, which has definitely also taken a step this year, he's kind of feeling more comfortable going out there and trying to do other things because Keandre Miller has also been a lot more solid defensively, which means if Keandre's Miller's going to be solid defensively, that means if he needs to, Truba can kind of pinch in and enter the offensive play without having to worry. And I think part of the reason he was iffy his first season was he didn't really have a solid D partner. He was with Brady Shea for a little bit, but you know, and Miller last season, he kind of had to kind of clean up for Miller's mistakes. But that's, again, to be expected. Miller is young. He's just into this league. So it's kind of their momentum and their relationship is definitely part of the reason I think that Truba has taken a step forward because he's playing with Miller consistently and Miller's improving. So when you have that improvement with your D partner, it gives you a chance to improve as well. Perfect. I, I think that perfectly sums it up. I, I have to agree on that 100%. Um, speaking of which, I, I spoke to someone a day ago. Like, if you remember, obviously, the first 10 games, it was basically this team was being carried by Igor Shesterkin and Adam Fox. Yes. And there was kind of, I don't want to say hate, but there's a lot of people going against the Truba Miller pairing. I thought that was very unfair because the whole point is, right, you're supposed to be part in the defensive zone and part in the offensive zone. If you're... Yeah if you're always in the defensive zone because your offense is dysfunctional, how can you blame it on your deep air? Eventually they're going to make mistakes. Not everyone's Adam Fox. Exactly. Exactly. And I think people are forgetting that Keandre Miller is an Adam Fox and not everybody's going to be the stud the second they come into the league, you know, and I think Miller has taken serious strides, especially this season. 
you know, I remember there was an interview a post or post game or just a pregame interview or whatever. And they were talking to Truba about Miller and they were like, oh, his season's been kind of up and down. And Truba was like, no, no, <laughs> like, I don't think his season's been up and down at all. I, I think he's been playing pretty consistently. And ultimately, that's our goal. Um, it's just a matter of I think they work really, really well together. I think Miller still has to improve some aspects of his game. I think Miller relies a little bit too much on his size. So he thinks that he he knows he can get away with being a little behind a play because he has like a long body so he can stretch further. But at the end of the day, there's going to be times where that doesn't work. Right. right. Yeah, it's an so, anomaly that a guy that big could be also so fast. Yeah, it's insane how fast he is. It's like that like disobeys the laws of physics. It's insane. Right. He blew past Uyghur, who's, I mean, pretty good defensively. It's crazy. Yeah, if he Miller definitely has a lot of like to him if he puts it all together. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not saying he's bad. No, I'm saying he's doing really good. But yeah, no, I thought it was unfair. Like if you're in the defensive zone the whole time, how can you be blaming on a trooper Miller? Eventually, someone's got to give because the offense was dysfunctional. What's weird though is that they were actually throughout like the first 15 games of the season, they were like statistically our best D pairing. Right, and I, I they were statistically better than Fox and Lindgren. Right. The problem is, is people who the first year haven't gotten over it. Like that first year, I don't know what your perspective is. Like he wasn't <laughs> right. He wasn't, he wasn't the greatest. I, I obviously when you sign a guy for that much, you're expecting him to perform. Um, but yeah, no, he's a new guy. He's in New York. Like, uh, like uh, give the guy a break. Yeah. Yeah. He's definitely a guy that kind of needed a chance to ad- adjust ulti- um, overall. Uh, but also I think people were expecting the, his offensive game that he had in Winnipeg season before, but honestly, that was partially because of Winnipeg's team. They were a very offensively minded team, especially their defensemen. Right. Like yeah. their defense were very often are offensive when he was there. Yeah, so I mean, they had Kyle was, Connor, they had yeah, Patrick Lani, all those guys. They had a very offensive minded team. And I think, when he came here, he probably wanted to focus more on his defense because I think he knew that was an area he needed to improve in. And he certainly did that. Right. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying that I'm not justifying the eight million dollar contract because I still don't think he's worth eight million, but he's definitely starting to live up to expectations offensively and defensively. He's got that physicality that Rangers fans always love no matter what time, no matter when it is, they've always loved the, you know, the big heavy hitters. So getting to see that from him is really, really fun. And, you know, it's just, it's fun hockey. Yeah, no, it's definitely fun to watch him crush uh, Nathan McKinnon that night. But uh, another thing that I wanted to say is that with Truba, I don't, I don't know, maybe it was just because I started against Columbus. That was, I know it was a month ago. Every time it seems that Truba is on offensively that, that night, it seems the whole team is rallying behind them. Exactly. One thing that that's a hundred percent true. Once Truba, Truba and his just play this year are ultimately, it's ultimately becoming game changing because his, his leadership has that momentum where, you know, you see him get a big hit or, get a good goal or even just a good pass it kind of just wakes everyone up and they start building off of that right if you were to say right now either chris Kreider or jacob truba who would you give the c i've always been truba always been true i figured i just had to ask i've always um, been truba and yeah. that's simply because no, i it's love totally justified 
I love Kreider, don't get me wrong. And Kreider is my number two choice if I had one. But, and like, not that I would be mad if Kreider got the C. But I think Truba is ultimately better for the captaincy because I see Truba as more of a captain kind of guy. And I also know that Kreider, not this season so far, knock on wood, but he has his droughts. Yeah, and I mean, listen, if he doesn't get 30 this year, he ain't getting it. Exactly. He's he's cursed if he doesn't get it this year. Yeah, it, it's officially a curse. It, it's I honestly the thing though is I found with Chris Carter this year. I know we're talking about Jacob Truba, but just sidetrack a minute here. I found that even though when he's not getting goals, weirdly he got like two assists for the Arizona game. Was it? Yeah. I I, I figured if anyone could get him straight, it was Gallant. But also, mm-hmm. speaking of Jacob Truba's first year, it doesn't help that he had to live the rough. I mean, he destroyed Neil Pionk. He destroyed Brady <laughs> Shea. Look at Neil Pionk now in Winnipeg. And look at Brady Shea in Carolina. Poor I mean, Brady Shea. I love Brady Shea. Like, I mean, no, Lindy Ruff destroyed these players. Yeah. And that's why what also what other people are saying is I hear from Winnipeg fans all the time because they hear because they're Winnipeg fans are very split. It's either they love Truba or they hate him. Right. Because he wanted out. And he wanted out. And it's funny because majority of the people who hate him for wanting out don't know why he wanted out and they don't care to find out. Right. Because ultimately the reason he wanted out was because of his wife. Right. Yeah. She wanted and to do a medical stuff, right? School and traveling in and out of Canada every weekend and it was putting a strain on them. So ultimately he chose his family over hockey, which shouldn't be, a, you know, a big should shock. be criticized. Yeah. It That's should be criticized. Family before hockey. Be criticized. And I and I think the other half of the people who, you know, just slander Jacob Truba are the ones who are like, oh, well, we got Neil Pionk and Heinola because of trading him. And I was like, congratulations. But Neil Pionk was never going to stay a Ranger. He was never going to work in a Quinn and Ruff system. And obviously they weren't anticipating those guys to be failures. Right. I mean, also the thing is, Neil Pionk for us, he was great offensively. But analytically, I'm pretty sure he's one of the worst defensemen in the league. Yeah, he's pretty bad defensively. I mean, obviously, it's got a better Winnipeg. But, like, listen, anyone under Lindy Ruff, I evaluate with a grain of salt. Like, listen, when Dougie Hamilton was going to New Jersey, I think it's my friend. I really hope Lindy Ruff doesn't screw him over because, my gosh, that would be a shame. And he is kind of. I mean, look at the Devils right now. But, yeah, ultimately, I think. And they're like, oh, well, we have Hainola now. We drafted him. And I was like congratulations congratulations like we have plenty of defensive prospects that are good right exactly we have Braden schneider we have zach jones uh robertson obviously robertson is below that tier but like like we had the assets to risk that and obviously i i feel like i'd besides the contract if i if you would just tell me true before game of pionk i'd i'd pick you uh true just because his shutdown role is huge versus competitive teams like on a competitive exactly. team in the playoffs, you want that guy in your second pair. That's the guy that's going up against your stars. The guy who's going to block shots in front of the net and make life easier for your goalie, which is exactly. always something that Rangers goalies need. What would you say Jacob Truba is really worth? This season or overall? I'm going to say the past two because I'm not going to evaluate the first because okay. of Lindy Ruff. I would, if I'm a GM... And I look at Truba's last two years and, and you know, what, what? well, last year and what we have of this year. He does have the injury problems, which is a little something to take into effect. He was injured twice last year, only got to play like 30-something games. But 
I don't know. I'd give him around the five, four, five million range. Right. So you're saying basically, let's say, let's say five, right? So he's being paid, overpaid three million. Where's that yeah. three million gonna get you? A depth player? Like I, I obviously Goudreau's not Barkley Goudreau. Well, not we're not gonna go into there because that could go on for an hour. But basically, like it's not like a Jeff Skinner contract. It's not it's not the worst thing. Like the thing with those players, right, is that they're not performing at all. And you're like that whole nine million is trash. With Jacob Truba, he's still performing to what we want him to do. He's being the de- he's being a defenseman and he's being a good defenseman. I think people need to take it out of their head that he's going to score an absurd amount of goals. Right. I mean, it happens to be he's doing great offensively this year, but it's just like people people are expecting a number one defenseman, expect a number two pairing def- shutdown defenseman that you know takes on the stars of the opposing opposition come playoff time. I, I think that's what he's here for. And yes, I, I know the eight million is a little frustrating, but. It's it's not like he's not performing. It's not a Jeff Skinner exactly. contract. It's not it's not that bad. Trust it's me. It's not like we were gonna get that much more with the three million. That you can't get being- mad at this contract when you have in Chicago Seth Jones making nine point five. Exactly, Seth Jones making the same amount as Adam Fox. We can't be complaining about that's Trubis a crime. Contract. It's a it really is a crime. I I don't I don't know, man. But like I know Chris Jury's done some questionable things, but I I oh, mean nine point five million. That's a war crime. Yeah, that's that's that's, uh, so I think also it helps that like Truba is not like Anna Fox could take a role. So Truba doesn't have to have all the pressure like his first year. Anna Fox was amazing. But the point was Truba was, I believe, on the first top pair that his first year. Right. Yeah, it was him and Shea. So obviously, when you have Lindy Ruff, Shea and him on the top pair on a team that's still rebuilding, it's not a great mix. And it's his first year. So you got to take that with a massive grain of salt. Um. Yeah, no, I, I think this year the Rangers are doing some serious damage. Obviously, um, there's still additions to be na- made. Um, yeah, We're that's. That uh, forward, so. Oh, sorry. We're taking that step forward. So it's what we need to do. Exactly. So, uh, Ava, before we end off here, you want to put in your Twitter handle and are you writing anything? Uh, sure. Uh, my Twitter is NHL underscore Ava. You know, follow me there. Lots of Truba content. Um, and then my next article should be out by the end of the week. It's going to be touching on Gerard Gallant and the impact he's made on the team. Perfect. Terrific. I apologize for not mentioning this earlier. Ava is part of the inside the rink, uh, company inside the rink and, uh, Ava, great speaking to you and, uh, I'll see you later. Bye. And we're back. All right. Shragi, uh, how are you feeling now? I'm doing pretty well, pretty well. Uh, the flu has hit some of us, uh, pretty hard, but, uh, right now I'm doing pretty good. All righty. So first, we're going to play a little game of above or below and then the Q&A and then finish off with the previews for this week. Fantastic. So first question for you. Above or below, Mika Zibanejad gets 32 goals. Ooh. so this is hard because at the rate that Zibanejad was going right now, I'm saying I'm saying below. Um, I don't even see a way that Zabanjad's going to get to that point. He was getting a little better when Panarin went out. So if he was continuing at that pace, I would say possibly he would just reach like 28, 29. So I'm saying below. I don't see him reaching that point. Um, I, I don't see him, especially with Panarin on the ice, uh, getting the same amount of goals. It seems like when he's off the ice, he's able to take control, which is good to know when he's not there. But I'm going below. I don't see how Zabanjad could uh, could could reach that point. He has not had the greatest shot percentage 
Um, he's taking a lot of shots per game and many of them are not the greatest shots. He's just, you know, shooting it at it. He's not doing exactly what we want from him. I don't see 25 goals. Okay. Um, it's kind of crazy though, how this guy went from a possible 45 goal scorer to having a terrible, not a great season. Um, how many goals does he have now? He has has, has seven goals, seven goals. How many times are we playing Philadelphia? Um, <laughs> that's probably my answer. <laughs> um, I'm gonna assume. Hold on, let's see. Philadelphia. He has 25 points. I mean, I'll tell you this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say he doesn't get 32. But I'm gonna say he gets 30 because Zabanejad always goes on the, one of those streaks where he scores like 10 goals in 10 games. So I'm gonna go with below, but it's like below by two goals. I right. Mean, so I I think it's just too close to say to say right. higher. I just right. don't think it's. I don't have the confidence in him. Right, exactly. Um, and, and that's a big problem. The Zabanejad not giving us confidence. Yeah, the fact that it's your 1C. Yeah, the fact that he's your 1C and he's not performing, he's not the greatest. Obviously, right now, it seems like he's getting going. Hopefully, with the winter break, you know, he refreshes up, comes back strong. So uh, let's go on to the next question. Above or below, the New York Rangers have two moves, not, not like little minor trades, Two solid trades by the trade deadline. Okay. So from everything we've discussed, um, I'm going to go, unfortunately, below. And this is, this is I don't know if you're going to agree with this. And the reason why I'm saying below is they have too many spaces to fill up for me to say that they're trading everything away to right now win it. I think we've expected now we want to make the playoffs i don't think they think they're a championship team i think they would love to be that way a cup team but um i think they're going to make one good move to try to bring in a player um that could really be good for them for the next couple years at least next next three four years um a solid good player whether it's hurdle whether it's tarasenko i don't think they make more than one move because i think they don't want to move around too many pieces especially with pieces like Kako and Lafarnay, unless you're getting back such a top piece that you're willing to give him up, as bad as they've really made us feel, I, I just don't see us making more than one move. Yeah, unfortunately, I have to agree with you on that one. Um, actually, you know what? You know what? No, I'm, I'm going to take, take the other one. Whether oh, wow. it's a, Yeah, I, I just realized, because if, let's say, right, you get maybe... It's all about Georgiev, right? Because if the Rangers are thinking right now to trade him, right, then that means they're going to have to trade for another backup if they don't believe in Kincaid, which would be that second move. I believe that might happen. So I'm going to go with two moves, that, and then either a rental winger or a long-term piece. But whatever it is, I uh, yeah, I think it's going to be Right, but if we're discussing big moves, like you said, um, I agree. I, I, I would I would I would say it's below two moves. If you want to go small moves, I could see them, you know, trading a small piece, um, you know, whether it's a, whether it's a McKegg or whoever you want to just like throw out there, you know, I, whatever, whoever you're interested in, Hayek and Nemeth or something just to get yourself just to like switch it to a, a backup goalie and maybe you'll take a prospect or something. Right, so maybe, it. yeah, it'd probably be below. You know what I mean? That's what yeah. I feel one move because I think a big trade that let's say you're trading Strom or you're trading, um, or you're trading, let's say, as so it really shot. should have been above or below one, not above, above or below two. 
Right, that's true. If you're going, but you know, if you're going above or below two, I'm going, I'm going one big move and possibly a couple minor moves just to make the roster a little more complete. Um, right, like like uh, even if you know what I mean. Right. Um, yeah. So on to the next question. Uh, Kako, as of right now, has five goals. Above or below, does he finish off the season with thirteen goals? All right, this is where I'm going out on a limb. I'm saying above. Now, this is all assuming he's still on the Rangers. I don't think they'll trade him. So now I say above. Why do I say above? I think he's been recently getting around the net more, which means he's going to get, you know, he's going to get all these uh, rebound goals. He's been around the, the net at times that they're taking these shots. And with a team like the Rangers, who have been taking some good shots, you know, and you have Adam Fox taking shots and Truba, who, who's been a surprise taking his shots, he's going to have more and more chances to be able to score. Now, if we bring in, as, as, as if the Rangers bring in another piece and secure up those couple lines and Kako moves down, okay, then I'm getting, I, I'm getting a little more positive in that more confident that Kako gets 15 goals. With him being on those lines, he's going to be look look to to be able to score those goals. So I got him around uh, fourteen goals. Okay. So the thing is with me is that if I knew right, he was moved to the first power play, right, and he went back to that line with right. Aaron, I'd say right now he's getting he's getting more than thirteen goals. Like that's above. Right. But the problem is, it's not his development that got me worried. It's his it's his usage that's got me worried. So <laughs> with that. <laughs> I, I don't know. That's that's tough because you're not just predicting his, you know, his potential. You're predicting how they how they use him, which obviously I don't think they've been doing a great job of because I believe him. One of him, Lafreniere, deserved to be on the first power play on that right on that circle where Strom was. I'm, you know what? I'm, I'm going to I'm going to say over. I'm going to say over. Also go on a limb here just because, you know, I feel like Kako, you know, is getting more and more and more confidence. And, you know, maybe I'm hoping that they put him on the first power play. Because, you know, if when Panarin was out, Kako came in and he was amazing. Obviously, Panarin still there. He's, he's coming back to that first power play. But instead of Strom, maybe Kako. So, yeah, I'm going to go above on that. And then, by the way, I just noticed that. And this is actually, do you know who's the top three plus minus players on the Rangers? Well, actually, one of them's not around anymore. But, yeah. My, Adam Fox, Kimi yeah. Panarin, and then Capo Kako. Oh, wow. So, yeah, no, Cabo Caco's definitely, I mean, last year he took a huge step defensively. Yeah, so when he's on the ice, and, and I think this number was not this high recently, I can't, I'm not sure how you check, um, like, how you could, I have to, like, I don't know, all these, I have to find, like, all these stats, like, in the past, like, 10 games or something like that, if he's a plus minus, but, um, but you know, he's been actually positive when he's on the ice, and if he's not causing you a negative, as 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 a player when he's playing and he's recently been you know being around the net and and knocking in some good goals that's why i'm very confident in saying 14 goals because because i see that he is a plus on the on the ice he's gonna get his chances okay so the next question is the rangers are hopefully this is when we're recording this, this is monday the 27th of january of december but you know we don't know with covid what's going to happen they have the Florida game, Tampa game, and then Tampa again, and then Edmonton. They have a potential eight points. Above or over, they get three or four. 
for the same, I, I guess, for or above or below. So all Rangers fans can now bash me over the head when I say this. I'm going, I'm going above. Why do I say above? So I can't confirm reports nor deny reports that possibly the Lightning's goalies are will not be available in that game. I don't know, Jacob. If oh, you... just to remind you though, Nikita Kucherov might be coming back for those games as well as Brandon Point. Right. I don't feel like, especially with these COVID games um, and Shesterkin being in goal for the Rangers, that I think the Rangers could pull out four. I think they get those four points. Um, I think you think you get win. four out of eight. I think they get four out of eight. I think they could win this Florida game. They beat them earlier in the year when they weren't even doing so well. They beat Florida. So um, do you and think Tampa Bay? I think they could split one. And the do you Oilers think they go they like up. two, two and two, or like I got one, one and two, two, one and one. What? Two, one and one. So you're saying five points? Yeah. Okay. So if this is all healthy lineups, I wanna. I think a positive would be two and two because Florida is a Stanley Cup contender. Tampa's a Stanley Cup contender. Edmonton somehow, I mean, I think I, I'm not, I haven't been looking at Edmonton as of recently. I thought their wagon, the wheels on the wagon came off a little bit, but I could be wrong. But the thing is with Florida, I believe last I saw Jonathan Huberdeau was on the COVID protocol list. It could be a change today because a lot of people came off. But with um, the COVID, with COVID and all of that, I believe the Rangers can go. Um, thing it's it's a hard. I don't one. know because you're also predicting like COVID, right? I I think they split the Tampa. I think they win Florida and somehow lose to Edmonton. Wow. So so I I don't know why, but I have a feeling they will lose to Edmonton. Listen, with right. Connor McDavid, I I don't I don't trust. Uh, yeah. So, so um, according, to, according to what I see here on 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 in in I'm in going with two and two. I have Anthony Sorelli's not going to be back for Anthony Sorelli will not be back. Well, no, might be back for that first game. So Sorelli might be back. Uh, Braden Point might be back. Um, Brian Elliott and Vasilevsky might actually be back. According to what it says here, they are eligible to come off the IR on December 28th. Okay. Um, and of course, Bellamore and Sergachev are out till January. So those, you know, those, they're not around. Kucherov is not supposed to be back till January. Right. I have him on my fantasy team, man. I really, oh, I, I hope he comes back right after the Rangers games because I, yeah. I desperately need him. I don't know. I already, <laughs> I'm in the same league as you and you know, I ain't yeah, doing, it's not going great. I, I'll tell you, I spazzed out two weeks. Two Did weeks, I trade Bergeron with you? Out. What? I, was I the one? Were you the one that had Bergeron and I traded for him? No, I did not have Bergeron. Uh, so you someone had Bergeron and he wasn't doing one that I traded for him. Now oh, my like God. Ranked fifth. So Talk about clutch. You know, I've always done well in fantasy hockey. I, I won my league last year with a bunch of friends and I've done well, but I spazzed out for two weeks. This is what happens when you're married. You know, you have like two weeks, you're busy, you do something and that's it. I totally spazzed out. Right, the draft is huge. You screw up in the draft, you're done. Yeah, I didn't screw up in the draft. But I didn't, I forgot to start players. I totally spazzed oh, out. Oh, I see what you mean. Are you kidding me? I totally didn't pay attention for two weeks. And then I had players that got injured or players that I should have just dropped already. And I didn't. And then any good, like Kadri was on the free agent wire. He was? Yeah, I think Kadri was. 
There's a couple players like that that were available during the during for the first two weeks when right away they went. Those are like the best players. It's so it's so key when you play fantasy. Then the first two three weeks you have to see which players are doing really well. You get your lead right away. You pick up those players, and you could like look at your team after like four or five weeks and go, "Oh my gosh." I'm telling right. you, I think Kadri was on the free agent wire and, 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 and wave wire, sorry, and I didn't pick him up. I look at it after. I'm like, I saw Kadri. I saw Kadri. Oh, my gosh. All right. So last question. It's not above or below. We're going to have that question. Then we're going to answer your Q&As, and then we're going to end it off. So last question is, do you believe Adam Fox will win the Norris this year? So <laughs> mentioning Kadri, on that team, you have the second best player in Makar. I think you would agree he's the second best. I think offensively, McCarr. I think defensively, it's Fox. Right. Um, Fox is a better around player. Yes, but McCarr is just too explosive on offense. It's, right. So the question is, does McCarr score too many goals for Fox to really compete with him? Because right. as much as Fox plays his defense, there's no numbers for that. If you right. That's I mean. the thing. They don't evaluate. Like It's funny. Best defenseman, yet they don't take defensively into that category. Like, like you can look at his plus minus and like you can look right. at like well, plus hit. minus they they don't really evaluate that well because it's it's sometimes not accurate sometimes is sometimes isn't it doesn't reflect on the player but i'm saying that i'm saying they don't like if it's the best defensively and the best offensively they're picking the best offensively because it's the points it's the goals that's why i have a worry that i don't know if adam fox listen in the first couple in the first like month a month and a half it was clear that Adam fox was okay he's winning the north he's taking the league by storm somehow he took another level but yeah, no, I, I'm going to say he doesn't just because people don't are going to say, oh, Makar, like, you know, you got to get him in Norris. I believe that's what's going to happen. Um, yeah, just because they only go on offense with Norris is they don't go on defense. But it's no knack on no knack on Makar, no knock on Makar because he he's amazing. But it's just defensively, I believe Anna Fox is better. OK, so now. We're going to go to your Q&A questions. Um, first question is by Clifton Ramey on Twitter. When is it time to panic on Kako? Uh, I think we kind of... We kind of got to that a little we bit. We kind of got to that, but basically the point is it's not yet. There, there's no point to panic yet just because he has taken steps. Right. Obviously, it's a concern when your first and second overall picks aren't performing. But I think they're turn, Galant's turning the ship around where David Quinn kind of you know, wrecked it. So I think it's, it's listen, if Kako doesn't get better from here for the rest of the season, then I think it's time for radical. Like let's say he shuts down and doesn't play well for the rest of the season. Then I think it's time to panic, but until then it's uh, now's not the time. Uh, I, I think, I think that, like I mentioned before, he's a plus four, which means that he's being positive on the ice. You can't feel negative. Now, you know, you discussed if you would bring Lefarnay, that's another discussion that could be a little more negative. Um, but don't panic on Kako. Believe me, the guy, the guy, the guy works hard. And I'm telling you, he works hard. He's getting a connection with players. He's looked better and better on different lines. And just realize who's on his team. He has Kreider, Panarin. He has, he has, as Truba, Zabanjad, Strom. He has players around him that are very, are, are pretty good. We could discuss if they're being positive or not. But he has good players around him to really help him along that if he really does in this, you know, get to his next level, he's going to have a real part in this team. He's going to really, he's going to really work. And you can't think that, you know, with the talent that he has, he's just a bust. 
Alrighty. So the next question, which is, it's not an unnice question, but I found it a very interesting question. Mm -hmm. um, someone said on Twitter at BKAK47, Revo thought you can fight, asked, who would you want to hang out with on the New York Rangers? If you could find one person, which I thought was you know a very, very interesting question. I oh, yeah. personally, it's between Kreider, because Kreider, I don't know. I, I've heard like he plays the piano. He does this. He does that. He's just a very interesting guy. And then hmm, I, I want to see Panarin, man. I, 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 I feel like he's a little yeah. crazy off the ice. Yeah. I, you know what? You, my first guy is Gauthier. What, what I hear about him from other players, the guy is nuts. I would love to like just see him around the team and just see how he just like his, his action. I, I just got to see, I heard he's just like a very, very like exciting guy. He's very, you see him on the ice even, you know what I mean? He like, he's active. I, I like guys like that. Um, but you know what? You're right. Like I, I would love to, I'd love to meet Panarin. I'd love to hang out with him. I'm sure he's so much more than what we see him on the ice. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, no. I, I feel like it'd be very, a Kreider would be interesting. I feel like Panarin is underrated. Like, uh, like you know, crazy off the ice. Uh, that's right. not, I'm not, not saying in a bad way. I'm just saying right, in, a, right. in a fun way. And, and just on a joking side, I would love to hang out with Nemeth to see to see what he's actually doing. Right. Like, um, are you actually like paying attention to the games and stuff? Like, could you like help us? What do you mean? With, with the way he's been playing bad on the ice, I would love to see like uh, what he's actually doing in his day. Like, if he's easy, you know, is he worth anything to us? Right. Like, I've always wanted to ask a player this. Because there are some moves that seem questionable, but I feel like the locker room presence is such a huge impact that we can't evaluate. Right. And that that impacts the trades or the moves. And I feel like if we knew that side, then it wouldn't be feel like a question anymore. Right. Usually those questionable decisions don't end well. But like I, I'm just curious to ask a player, listen, like, is how much of an impact in the locker room reflects on those those moves? Right. Because I thought like maybe that explains strong. But that maybe explains Strom because maybe his positivity or his experience on the ice is something that they're, they're okay. So you're, you're off ice experience and uh, of, of the way you treat players and, and, and how players understand the game is maybe more value. Right. But you know what? We're not, we're not behind the scenes. We don't get told those things and you just sometimes look at moves and you go, what are you doing? And sometimes it comes out afterwards. It wasn't a good chemistry or something like that. Right. Um, the other question, someone texted me this. Uh, <laughs> are the Rangers a legitimate Stanley Cup contender? Uh, no, I do no, not believe no, so. No, they, no. Need, they, need, they need more pieces. They're in the trending in the right direction. They're, there's no, like, they're definitely trending in the right direction. It's just... I, I did. They need more additions on the top six. It's funny because the GM said he would do it. Not only he didn't do it, subtracted. And now we're looking for that same type of player again. Right. Um, way to go, Drury. But yeah, okay. I, I think I think we're going to end off the Q&A there. A little bit, just a little bit of a preview, preview Shiraki. So basically, obviously, we set our predictions right for this week. If they were healthy, right? How, yeah. Like, I feel like um, if they were healthy, right, this would be a huge week. So since they're not healthy, right, if they go two and two, would you call that a success? Or it's like, listen, you can't evaluate this because there's so many things happening. You get those two points. You call it a success, but you don't call it like, okay, now we have a different perspective. Hey, they could compete with competitive teams. It would just be, we got a good, it was good, successful week. 
now let's move on. Right. So that's a very good question. And I'm going to, I'm going to bring in this point. Um, I am, I am a Knicks fan and the, every single Knicks fan knows my condolences. Yes. Thank you. Uh, we have no positivity in our team and, you know, as a Ranger fan and a Knicks fan, the positivity that I have in my team is so low that when I just add in that I'm a Giants fan, I just get put down so far in the dirt that if I tell you right now in a situation where my team gets four wins out of, let me just mention, the Lightning, which is a Stanley Cup-worthy team, the Panthers, two wins out of four. fantastic, right, to get four, I'm at the four, four points, um, and Oilers, a fantastic team. I'm happy. That's a success. You get you come out of a, a situation, a break where where your team coming out of the break going on. Yeah, I, you know what? If you really the game I need is the Florida game. Get off on the right foot. The Tampa Bay, I can give you the excuse. They're a better team than you. They're a much better team than you. But you a beat in Florida, be a success. right? And they beat in Florida. I would love to see them get a win against Tampa. I think with them playing twice will give them some advantage. They did play the Avalanche better the second time they played them. So I don't know if they win that first game, but that second game, I'll give them a better chance. Um, and then they're playing back-to-back with the Oilers. So that back-to-back, I'm a little scared of. So they're playing back-to-back I, versus, versus the Oilers or Tampa? It's, but no, the Tampa Oilers are back-to-back. Oh, okay. uh, game. So with those being back-to-back, I'm scared of that second game against the Oilers. So right. I got that Panthers and second Tampa Bay wins but with this team right now i want to see good games all four games to be good i don't want to see them looking like where where are you flying i know that players are hurt i'm gonna judge these games based on who's on the ice i understand that you may not have full power and the other team may not have full power and covid's going around and you never know who's available i'm gonna base it on the talent on the ice how do you play the right, people exactly. who are on the ice are you playing well or am i seeing like Oh, we're not full. So it's okay if we don't do well. We're just going to be, you know, who cares? You know? Right. So last thing before we go off, I wanted to say that I'm just worried about that first period versus Florida. I'm expecting them just not to show up because like their holiday break and they're coming back. There's no way they're showing up that first. Right. Or maybe the opposite. I, listen, if they show up that first, that's huge. I just, I, I'm expecting there's a no show first, and then they, they play amazing second and third. That's just what I'm expecting. I hope I'm wrong, but Shari, well, let's I, just hope. Let's just hope. Let's just hope that maybe uh, Serge Bobrovsky or uh, someone like maybe Barkov or some people just, you know, just have an off show. night. Yeah, have an off night. Yeah. All right, Shaggy. I think we're getting right. off here for listeners. Feel good. Uh, you could go to our Twitter handle at at nyp pangers uh the piece part of the pangers pod and then you could uh, give us your q a's everything else also next you, do, week, you could do it to either one of us you could right. you could uh, you could do it to us, dm us anything else also next episode will, will most likely be monday night tuesday morning a bit later just because of the scheduling of the new york rangers and shragi uh i'll see you later all right feel good stay healthy